Welcome to the Keeping Up Appearances podcast. I'm Colin Murray and with me is... Bob Cole, Sean O'Hara and Michael Tosh. It's Colin, what's he going to do? Ready! Ready! So this should actually be episode two, but due to some technical difficulties last week, episode one didn't actually record. So we're using it as a bit of a pilot to see that this setup works, and thankfully it seemed to, uh, you can be the judge of that, but we thought we'd press on anyway with our new episode one. So last week's chosen match was Sunday's Chelsea versus Liverpool game, 1-1, quite an exciting game, end-to-end. Some disallowed goals, but we'll head over to to Michael to see what our predictions were last week before we review it. So yeah, thanks, Callum. So Sean and I both had Liverpool winning two one. Callum had Chelsea winning two one, and Bob had Liverpool winning one nil. What were people's thoughts on the game? So yeah, I thought it was an exciting game. To be fair, I think as a one one's go, there was plenty of action in it. I think first thirty minutes Liverpool looked comfortable. I think they were getting through Chelsea quite easily. Obviously, took the lead. Salah had that second goal that was disallowed. But I think from that moment on, really, Chelsea were the dominant side. Obviously, got the equaliser, then got that second goal a minute or two later. Obviously, that was ruled out. But I think really from that moment on to the last minute, I think Chelsea were, were the only team that looked like winning. Um, and yeah, I've never ever seen Liverpool sort of be camped in on half like that for a long time. And yes, yeah, definitely some good individual performances from both sides. But I think Chelsea and Pochettino definitely impressed in that game. Yeah, I think um, Liverpool started off, as you say, really, really well. I thought we predicted a couple of us that Liverpool would win. I think after 25 minutes, half an hour, we were quite confident that was going to be the case. They only looked like one team who was going to be able to create chances and score. And then I was quite disappointed with Liverpool from that point onwards. I thought once Chelsea got on top of them, it wasn't like a clock team in the sense that you felt they were ever going to come back. I think he made some substitutions second half where he takes Salah off. You obviously have a bit of a reaction and you think what sort of a change is that taking Sarah off when you know there's still a game up for grabs, you still Chelsea had quite an inexperienced defence on you thought that was saying to Chelsea we're setting up for this point here maybe. Yeah. I think um Liverpool's momentum was massively killed off by the uh, offside, the second goal, um which kind of put the emphasis back on Chelsea. And from that point I just think Chelsea grew into the game massively. Took charge, Enzo Fernandez just kind of bossing things. Yeah, I think on that, on that point, that sort of Salah goal being disallowed was, was like two things. It was like a bit of a wake up call for Chelsea that they need to get back in the game because the game was probably quickly getting out of the hands. Also, I think it was like a learning point as well for them, and I don't think they made that mistake again. And I don't think the sort of that same hand happened again. I think they sort of switched on to what was going on because before that it happened maybe a couple of times where Salah kind of isolated Cole a little bit. Chiller maybe pushed on and then Reese James hadn't got back into his position but I think that was a, a good lesson learned and I don't think it happened again during that game and to be fair I think Chilwell and James were, were, were great as a sort of a partnership as wing-backs I know sort of Pochettino likes to play that way I think if they can stay fit that, I think they're sort of a massive sort of cog in Pochettino's wheel as well as that Fernandez sort of holding it in, in the middle I think there's a lot of talk about Trent and his positioning Right back though, but the likes of, as you said, as you mentioned, for the first goal, how far James is back and like not even seemingly to trying to get back. And I think when you talk about Chelsea going forward, and I don't know if you was at them in our top four predictions last week, 
you feel that defensively and giving away them chances early on and against the better teams or even against some of the teams away from home, that's going to be a real area where they need to be thinking about with uh, such an inexperienced defence and centre-backs with them. In terms of like new signings and things, then, did anyone stand out for anyone in particular? I thought the, the Hungarian lad for Liverpool at times looked very good, very composed in the ball. Him and McAllister seemed to work well. I know McAllister was playing a bit deeper. He did start the goal for Liverpool's first and only goal. I thought them two in the middle looked pretty solid. I was worried at the start with some of Chelsea's signs, a couple of them, their centre-back, I'm not sure his name. Thought he, yeah, I was a bit worried for them at the start with so many people, but a lot of them, Nicholas Jackson up front, looked like he's going to cause problems yeah. this year. I think he'll be, I think, an entertaining watch, and I think a lot of the players will be. Yeah, I thought he was, he was exciting, that Jackson. I thought he was great. I thought he was kind of like a, whatever you want from a striker, maybe a bit exciting, a bit kind of raw, fast as anything, sort of good movement. I think he was also a bit like Haaland is at City, where they maybe just don't play him in quick enough sometimes. I think there was a bit of a case of that as well, where they just weren't quite putting him through. But, yeah, he, he likes to play on the shoulder. He, his finishing maybe isn't the best, um, but yeah, I think he, he's going to be an exciting watch. I think, I thought that Sobers life played well for Liverpool. He looked good, big, strong, carried ball well. McAllister, I know he was, in my predictions, maybe being a bit of a flop um, for the season as a, as a, as a signing. Again, I'm sort of inclined to maybe stick by that. He's good on the ball, but we know that. But I just don't think he... He just doesn't like he fits in that in that system for Liverpool. And if they do go out and buy a defensive midfielder, which they're still after, I don't know if he's the one who maybe drops out. Yeah, but maybe you know, that, that's something that, that we might see. But overall, I thought it was a good game. Some great individual performances. Fernandez, obviously not a new signer, but looks like he could be almost like a, you know, a new player from what he had last year and kept everything ticking. Yeah, there's you know some some young lads brought on as well that, that look quite good for Chelsea too. Why do you think the two central midfielders are picking Chelsea over Liverpool? I think it's honestly the London effect. I think people want to live in London. I think they don't want to move up to Liverpool. Obviously, Pricey though, sort of Brighton way, he's probably brown there anyway. His family, they don't want to live in London. Announced some video that showed that he's a Chelsea fan, or yeah. in as as much as a Chelsea fan as he can be. Yeah. But he had the Chelsea shirt, so that must have been it. Not to do with all the money that he's been getting paid, but yeah, I think that there's a there's a pull obviously of London. Lavier had been at City, hadn't he? So. Yeah, City obviously moved moved down south Southampton. I, I, I just think that it maybe looks just a bit more of a project. I don't even think I want to play play more. Maybe they just feel like they suit that system. I think it shows a lack of ambition, though, perhaps not going the likes of, say, that Lavier, and we, we don't know where he's going yet. He hasn't signed officially for anyone, but you think he knows he's going to be playing week in, week out for Liverpool, whereas Chelsea are already going to have in the middle of midfield two world records, well, British record signings. So, I don't know, just thinking in my head, obviously, we wouldn't join Liverpool, any of us, but the chance of going and being Liverpool's number six and growing in that. And it's Klopp as a manager who's like known for developing youngsters, whereas Chelsea maybe aren't as much. It just seems a strange one that he would follow. Can I, see, can I say that there again? As you say, the reasons you've said, maybe that a bigger project going to London, but just seems mad to me why you wouldn't take that chance knowing that you what you can do at Liverpool there. Yeah, there's obviously something happening though, because now there's, that's four midfielders who haven't picked Liverpool. Bellingham, Mount, um, Kaiser, and then possibly that Labia. So 
yeah, there's obviously some, something going on. I don't think Liverpool particularly flattered them, though, did they, by, by dilly-dallying for a couple of months oh, yeah. and then going for Caicedo ahead of him. And yeah. then when he was taken, he came back for them. So they're hardly particularly keen to, to have him. So um, you can understand it, but then equally, as a, we look at it as fans, don't we, and think, like, oh, I'd love to play mm-hmm. every week. But for them, it's a job in it. And yeah. sometimes it's just one of those things where that's just a better... Kind of business decision almost. Even as like the project though, I think if you're looking at it, are you looking at it thinking like if the club project probably comes to an end over the next couple of years and if this project you know project goes correctly, is that maybe going to be then for the next yeah, five I think, years? I think he's huge, you know, in the pool. Yeah, it just it just looks like that that might be a bit more of an attractive place to go, but yeah, I mean hopefully they make the right decision, but we'll see. You know, you just I find it hard, you think of the the instability of Chelsea compared to the stability of Liverpool, why that would be, you know, surely I'd still be banking on Klopp being there longer than Pochettino. Yeah, you know, you just we Chelsea have had people you thought maybe Potter this time last year or mm-hmm. a couple of months later on you thought he might be the one they can build around. I don't know, he was disastrous, you'd expect Pochettino to be a bit better, but I don't know, as, as Sean says, it's different for us. We think football, they're probably just thinking of an eight-year contract maybe as well and things like that. Guaranteed money for eight years. Yeah, yeah, and again, you know, it's hard to turn that down, isn't it? It's easy for us saying, oh, you'd go and play football somewhere else. But, yeah, I don't know. They're just For me, the same managers you'd go and play for, I think you'd want to play for Klopp and know that, you know, he's throwing Trent in the team at 17, 18 years old. He's playing Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott and people like that. Just... It's hard to imagine a better place to develop, really. Mm-hmm. Right, should we crack on with this week's? Yeah, let's do it. Let's play Keeping Up Appearances. These are the rules. We select three matches from this week's fixtures, which are entered into the Wheel of Fortune. This will randomly select our featured game. This match will be the focus of our discussions, predictions, and most importantly, our game of Keeping Up Appearances. Once our fixture has been chosen, we'll use an online generator to provide a target number for our game. For us, this is anything between 50 and 450. Our job then is to think of a player who's made that many appearances for either of our selected teams. Whoever's closest, wins. Each week, 4 points will go to the closest person, 3 points for 2nd place, 2 points will go to 3rd place, and the person who's furthest away gets one. These points will be accumulated over the whole season and we'll update our league table each week. Okay then our three games are loaded this week. The three we've gone for are Spurs United, City Newcastle and Villa Everton. Let's spin the wheel and see which one we get. Lucky for us everyone, this week it's Villa Everton. So Initial thoughts on the game. Well, last week I predicted Villa to come in the top four and he got beat 5-1 at the first game of the season. So, shows all what I know. Um, I think it's going to be quite consistent from me that I'm not going to predict Everton to lose until the derby, probably. So, I'll say 1-0 for Everton. I think um, now the dust has settled on the last game, I think we were actually the better team. First game of the season, just short of a centre forward that can finish from three yards out. So I think if you have um maybe change of personnel a little bit, um fairly confident we can get a result against Aston Villa. 
based on their performance against Newcastle. I think at times they looked okay against Newcastle. I know obviously they got B5 once, there's obviously some big think big problems there potentially, but Newcastle were very well. I thought first half, Villa was certainly in the game, giving it as good as they got. I think the worrying thing for Everton, I agree with Bob Everton, weren't too bad in the loss. Should have definitely won that game, really. Should have been 2 3 up at half time. I think because obviously you'd expect Villa to bounce back. And you wouldn't really, probably wouldn't want to be playing this week first home game after a really great season. I could see Everton sneaking something myself. I do, I do think there's a chance that might go down. I think I'm opting for a draw. I think I'm going to go maybe a one-all. I think maybe Everton go ahead early and try and hold on. I, th- I think I'm right in saying since Villa have come back up from. I don't think Everton have beaten Villa in the league since Villa have come back up. That might be completely wrong. We'll cut that out in that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think from my memory. We've we've either lost or certainly haven't won at Aston Villa, so it would be nice if we could nick a win. And I actually could see a Bramley play a bit safe and go with a one-all draw. Um, I am a bit different to you two. I think I don't want to write Aston Villa off too quick. I think everyone was very quick to put them in the top four, and after one bad game, they now think they're ever going to beat them. Um, I think the Mings Mings going off was massive the other day. Um, I think that totally changed Villa's shape and everything. Even like that Torres at the back who. Was meant to be a European, like a top European centre half. Didn't know what day it was at times, especially when um, Harvey Barnes was introduced in the second half. He was playing against the other players. That is a very good point. Um, but I just don't think I just don't think I want to write Villa off too quick. And also, one decent Everton performance isn't enough to change my mind either. Um, although I did hear a fact today that um, something like. Villa, I don't know when, this is a pointless fact. <laughs> I don't know any information, but something like Villa have, have, have only won once without Mings. I don't know whether that's ever or <laughs> since Emery's come in. But basically... You've only won the European Cup in 82. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I, unfortunately, I think Villa will beat us. I think it'll be 2-0 Villa. Yeah, I, I think you can't maybe read too much into both of the games. I think Villa probably want to bounce back. It's probably a bad time to play to play a team who've just been B5 on going back to home. I think sometimes that you know gives them a bit of an extra edge. Um, they're a good side. They're obviously in great form last season. Some really dangerous players. On the other hand, you know obviously we Everton had a good performance. I think I think it was the most anyone's ever got expected goals, but not scored. Um, so I think it's, it's one of those where you'd be maybe more worried. As we have lost but not missed chances, I think we created lots. We were getting, we were there or thereabouts. I think it's only a matter of time before those those sorts of chances start going in. And I think if, if you play like that, I think you, you probably win more than you lose. To be fair, once once things start to click, I think it's a tight game. But I think it's one of those where it could go either way. But I'll just stick with the bias, and I think I'll I'll have it nicking it maybe two one. Um, I think you know obviously Villa maybe aren't the strongest at the back after last week maybe less strong without wings and um, obviously that new lad inexperienced and you never know Everton's new lads might come in and just cause a bit of a, a shock to the system a bit so yeah I think I'll go I'll go 2-1 Everton I think Dice as well I think the one thing last year the former home was quite insistent I think we did shore up a bit away from home I think we we got beat to Arsenal quite comfortably apart from that they were all quite close games away we drew a lot of games away from home so I think Hopefully, if it continues like that, we should be quite hard to beat yeah. away from home, which 
mates that maybe a few of us predicted close Everton wins and draws, so hopefully that'll be the case. Do we think our fullbacks are going to be able to deal with their wingers because they were the main threat for Villa the other day, and our fullbacks, in particular Patterson, took on quite a, quite a bit of criticism. I thought Ashley Young was absolutely fine the other day. It's more, I think, more the speed because he'll be coming yeah. up against the alley only. He's, he's, yeah, but he's, he's still watching. I think, yeah, I think Patterson, he's quite good in sort of, like, combative defending, if you know what I mean. He's like, if it's someone quick and one-on-one, and he's okay at his positioning. So it depends on how they play, I think. He, what, I think Patterson was quite poor at times on Saturday, so I think that could be a problem. Will it be Bailey up against him on the left? Yeah, or, so, again, I think it, it is something that's a good point to make, but you hope that it, if it's that sort of defending where you can just be up against them. I remember last year in the derby against Liverpool early on when he played up against Mane and he did a really good job up against him. And hopefully that's a similar sort of thing. Yeah. I, I won't be totally surprised if Garner starts right back. I think, I think that, that could be a possibility. Garner. James Garner, yeah, I think that could be a possibility. Yeah. Um, and, you know, especially if we've got a couple of new people coming in or just things to change that I would I'm not saying it will happen, but I just won't be totally surprised. Right, so should we quickly then whiz through our predictions again? So we had Bob predicting Everton to win 1-0, Callum a 2-1 win for the Toffees, Sean changing the tie for a 2-0 win to Villa, and myself going for a one all draw. In last week's um, pilot, shall we say, the famous lost episode, um, Bob ended up having an absolute worldy in our um, Liverpool-Chelsea game where he selected Nick Barnby and our what was our what was our target number? 50, 54. 54 it was Nick Barnby made a total of 57 appearances so Bob started as the red off favourite so now it's time to get this week's target number which is 177 so it's now a bit of thinking time for us we're going to switch off if you're playing at home, if there's anyone out there listening, um, play along as well, and then we'll be back when we've got our answers. Right, thinking time's over. For mine, I tried to choose one Everton player, one Aston Villa player, and in the process forgot every Aston Villa player ever. So I've probably gone for one of the most famous who probably played way more. But for me, Everton player, again, this could be way off, but I was thinking Nuno Valente, but he probably played well. Well, in fact, I have literally no idea. I think less, but he's also probably one of them who was at Everton for quite a while. That's what I was thinking. Probably there for longer than That's what I'm thinking. And also, we signed signed him after we finished fourth, and then we signed Baines. But Baines didn't start immediately, but I'd be surprised if he was that high because we would have been playing in Europe. And obviously, yeah, Lescott was playing left-back, so I'd be surprised, but you never know in this game. Yeah. Um, um, and the other one, again, uh, one for the most well-known Aston Villa player ever, I thought John Carew, but I reckon he's probably played more. He's a bit of a, well, he's a bit of a cult hero, so he could have played more or less. But I'll stick, as it's been critiqued already, I'll stick with Nuno Valente, probably way off. On Wikipedia, mind all that things are like. He played 45 times in the league. He oh. was there for four seasons. That was That's what I, I wanted around four years, but obviously he didn't play every week. I, I think, I mean, I actually think Crew was doing a better shout. Where did Valencia career start? Is he a transfer market? It is on the transfer market. Yeah, it's all of it. This is awful. 
I've got 54. 60 I've got. Yeah, 60. Stats by go up 60. Right. So, what a terrible start for me. 60 appearances. I honestly thought he'd be way more than that. <laughs> Um, what was the total? 177. Yeah. 170. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should do here. This is all different, actually. Yeah. I'll, take me, I'll take my point this week. Go on, Rob, you're up next. Uh, I was torn on another couple of Everton players. Um, I was thinking of Yakubu initially. He was at Everton for a while. But so. Probably didn't make as many appearances as we would have wanted him to because of his injury and he went out, went out on loan. But what a player on his day. Um, I'm going to go for somebody who I already missed terribly. Um, just going on pure vibes here. I'm going to say Tom Davis. I was thinking of him as well to be very well. Tom Davis is a good shout. He came into my consideration. What a man. Well, t- you know what, Bobby might be on here. Guy, one seven nine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> Bob's just unbelievable in this game. So, Bob, so I was one hundred and seventeen off. Bob's two off. Um, <laughs> right, Callum, you're up. <laughs> right, I sort of tried to try to stick with Evan players. Tom Davis was in the considerations, but I went okay. against him. Um, I'm going to go with someone who's had two spells at the club. Hoping that kind of combined to make around that figure. I'm gonna go. Joe. Well, one of the considerations now it was Garner Guy was in one of the shouts, and then my second consideration was Richarlison, who I thought might be kind of up there. Um, but I think I'll go with my first kind of gut instinct one. And go with Garner, hoping that the two spells kind of combined. He's one that you wouldn't like now. He could be dead close, so he could be dead yeah, there, could be miles, miles away. Or... That's, I think that's not a bad guess. Not 117, not a bad guess anyway. <laughs> <laughs> From what I can get, it's 142. I'm trying this transfer market's dead hard to get around for me. Not if you if you kind of going. Are we including yesterday as well, or the weekend? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'll just put the new Valente player at the weekend. Get your one closer. <laughs> I've got one four three as well. Yeah. Okay, so uh, that's one four three for Garner Guy. Don't know who he is. To be <laughs> I never heard of him, but Garner, <laughs> Garner Guy. Uh, Put Callum in second place. Toss last up. Yeah, I think I'm going to say every week it's quite a difficult number, so I'm just not going to say that really. But 177, <laughs> I was sort of, again, I was trying to think seasons, and I was thinking around three, four seasons, Mark. And I, I, my main choice I'm going to go for is Mario Fellaini. I'm not sure, he could, again, could be much more, could be much less, but he sort of around the four, three, four seasons, he was playing in Europe, etc. In memory, he didn't miss a lot of games through injury. I then tried to think of a Villa player and like Sean really struggled. So I just went with someone I quite like the name of, Juan Pablo Angel. Oof. I'm sure he's a bit of a cult hero. So I was hoping that no one said Fellini and I had to actually go in because I had absolutely no idea. Can, can, I, can I just double check? What was the number? 177. <laughs> it's not Bangor, is it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 177. And the bad thing is, he played yeah. 177 for Man United as well. Oh, yeah. That's unbelievable. 
Do we get a bonus point? Like I think, yeah, I think you can. I you think know, you that was unbelievable. Like if you get it, like on countdown, we get the conundrum, you get double. All right, don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> Give me that. Okay, so um, Tosh was zero out then, which is just unbelievable. Um, Callum, no, Bob in second was two out. Callum, what did you say? You were 34 out. So 34, and I was 117. So still, still don't think I'm bottom of the league, though. Um, so, yeah, so this week, Tosh gets the four plus the bonus, gets him five. Uh, Bob gets three, Callum gets two, and I get the one, which we add on to last week's. And here is the current league table. At the top, we've got Tosh with eight points. Bob's in second with seven. Sean is in third with four points. And Callum is in fourth place with three. So that's it for this week's episode of Keeping Up Appearances. Great work by Tosh, being bang on with his guests. Less good work from others. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed the Aston Villa and Everton game. Look out for our predictions and we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Can we check that this is actually recorded? What are we going to do is now? I'm doing it again. (laughs)